Yeah-o! Servant Sonic, back with you, in your ears. It's so good to be back in your ears again. Um, it's uh, Lee in at least one of your ears, and in the other ear, it's Hunter. You go uh, check it, how we all doing? Good to be back. How we all doing, exactly. And very, very special episode today. If you're tuning in on Twitch for the first time, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're listening later in podcast format or on YouTube, also dope. But what we're really, really excited about is not Twitch. It's not YouTube. It's Jay Feelbender. Jay Feelbender, how are you? Thanks for joining the show today. What's up? Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, right on. So Jay is a uh, Toronto musician. Uh, he's, he, uh, in my opinion, really, really like sweats local Toronto, if I'm being honest, especially <laughs> with this latest yeah. record. And love I it. love that um, because Toronto is an awesome city and it's, it's, such, a, it's such a musical and, and talented place. Um, Jay, I know that we have uh, a couple of songs from Enter the Mirror, which is your new EP that just dropped hot mm -hmm. off the press Friday. Um, yeah. But give us a quick like two sentence, three sentence breakdown. Like what uh, what can we expect with this? Well, first of all, I'm going to quote you on sweating from swe sweating Toronto. That's <laughs> um, yeah, the EP was made during the pandemic. I basically just like kind of locked down with my brother in law and uh, he, he runs a studio called Marquee Sound. Um, and we just basically, we wanted to redo some of my older music, but once we got in the studio, I had a bunch of new tracks and we were like, let's just do some new stuff. So kind of just like locked in the studio for 10 days and just banged out a bunch of tracks. And that was kind of the end product. Very cool. Yeah. Um, well, before we get too wild into this interview, let's jump right into one of the first songs here. So this was one of your, uh, singles that you released off of the record before it dropped this Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, any quick notes on cheap whiskey before we get into it? It was actually the last song we recorded. I think we went back in after the first initial session and I wrote that song, I think after we had initially started recording and I was like, I think we gotta do this one too. So it was the final one we did. And then once we finished it, I was like, I think this has to be the first single. So it was like, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Okay, well let's get into Cheap Whiskey and then we'll be back with Jay Fieldbender after this, enjoy. Walking, kicking leaves, kicking rocks, uh No point stopping, sipping sweet on the rocks, uh Alone in the city, what a feeling, uh Walking till I'm losing all my feelings, uh This might be my only way of dealing, uh Walking till I'm losing all my feelings, uh There's no one else around, think I'm feeling free There's no one in the city standing next to me Music on, music off A rock song, rock song Stopping, sipping sweet on the rocks, uh Alone in the city with a feeling, uh Walking till I'm losing all my feelings, uh This might be my only way of dealing, uh Walking till I'm losing all my feelings, uh There's no one else around, think I'm feeling free There's no one in the city standing next to me Music on, music on Rocks on, rocks on Feeling one way, feeling lost I don't wanna waste my time any more than I did. And time, it keeps on moving. And I don't wanna waste your life any more than I have. Rock song, rock 
videos um that you've put out um i will say Thank in that you. one um that you're you're featured in like an inflatable ball was yeah. that that seems like a very hot and sweaty experience was that yeah, that was that shit was crazy it was like so <laughs> it was so crazy hot in there that we did in the middle of the summer so first of all there's like obviously no ventilation um oh also, boy it was, so it was just boiling hot also weirdly enough the zipper to like get in and out was only on the outside so like i'm not like i wouldn't usually like lock myself, you in there yeah I oh man that. my goodness so i wouldn't consider myself like claustrophobic usually by any means but like being in there and knowing i couldn't get out unless someone like assisted me was a little bit sketchy especially being in like downtown toronto and i was like they were kind of shooting me from like across the street like farther away and i was right. like i'm so vulnerable in this like <laughs> oh man sweaty plastic ball yeah. but uh yeah it was super fun I really like the end product of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right on, man. Um, so cheap whiskey, something I wanted to ask this uh, or ask about this. You know, there's two ways to spell whiskey, one with an E, one without an E. Yeah. Did you deliberately hold the E off here? I, I did. Because, so basically, I actually have some of my cheap whiskey. Right oh, there. nice. There it is. He's prepared. The, the good old Canadian club. Um, and Canadian whiskey uh, is spelled without the E. It's just like right, you are. Yeah. So, and yeah. that that was what I was drinking at the time, just Canadian Club, and uh, so I was like, I'm I'm doing the spelling that the, of what I'm drinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and one more reason to prove here that you sweat Toronto, Canadian <laughs> yeah. Club, Bubble Boy moment. Exactly. In downtown Toronto, absolutely. Uh, Hunter, I know that you had a question specifically about uh, the making of cheap whiskey as well. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Jay, I was asking because I know that a lot of the music you were writing was during the lockdown period um, yeah. in Toronto. And I guess, you know, going for long walks um, in the midst of that height of that lockdown, were you kind of going to familiar neighborhoods for inspiration or was it kind of just going anywhere around the city and kind of trying out new stuff? Right before the pandemic started and the lockdown happened, I actually moved to a different part of the city with my girlfriend. And so for me, exploring that neighborhood was kind of new. Um, but I had, I'd go back and forth between like my parents who had been out of the city for like two years, I'd go to their place and walk around that area and kind of find new places. And then also the apartment with my girlfriend, I'd walk around there too. So I was exploring new, I was trying to find new places as much as possible. There's all those memes about like going on my silly, silly little mental health walk. And like, that oh, was yeah, literally sure. what I was doing every single day just to like escape and go away. So, I mean, I, mean, yeah. I, I imagine you had to be like being cooped up in like a little apartment or what yeah. have you. Um, yeah, very little, very little apartment. <laughs> and, and I guess at the time, were, were you set to go on tour with uh, with Goodbye Honolulu? Yeah, actually, right before it oh, man. all went down, we were supposed to go to South by, I guess that was 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a whole, yeah, we had a whole tour planned wow. that was, and going to the UK too um, uh, for a couple festivals. And yeah, it was all all canceled oh, so man. yeah there was also the kind oh. of the like yeah the expectation crash and then you know everyone dealt with that but yeah it was definitely it was like right when it started we were supposed to leave so right oh, geez well and i can't imagine because i've talked to like other people in bands or like artists where essentially the world stops and yeah. then you have to kind of like what do we do now kind of thing was that was that hard i guess in the beginning would you say that maybe i guess what i'm trying to say um was it kind of like like was it kind of like you're sitting down and you're like okay what do we do now or was it kind of like getting into the writing song mode immediately for you how did you kind of process because it's like i remember i got laid off work and yeah. then i was like oh maybe two weeks everything's gonna be fine and then it wasn't and then uh two years later here we are <laughs> yeah i mean for good behind lulu it was kind of a unique situation because we had just basically finished recording an album like a full 13 song album 12 song album that is out now but we had finished like i guess actually like maybe eight months before the pandemic started we had finished that album and then because obviously the world had just fell into this chaotic state we like were holding off on releasing it so we really had that album and we we're just sitting on it so we weren't really in like in like writing recording mode because we just had this full album so it was a weird situation for goodbye honolulu and then for me personally i was kind of blessed to be able to like record my solo stuff because it was sure. hard to be in a band. It was hard to kind of get together, create stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of, and I found this for a lot of my friends too, it, it became the, 
ideal time to be a solo artist rather than a band. I've seen a lot of bands kind of like have to take breaks because it's just too hard to like do stuff during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, a lot of solo artists kind of found a way to thrive. Yeah, I think so with, uh, with that in mind, do you have kind of like an, an idea of where you're going to go next then? Is it going to be more Jay Fieldbender stuff? Are you excited to get back in the band atmosphere? Like what's the next step you think? Yeah, I hadn't like thought too much about live show just because it was so like obscure at that point, like <laughs> kind of dangerous to think about. Um, but now I'm definitely looking at like trying to figure out a live band for Jay Fieldbender. And like, I do want to tour this music and, and play it live for sure. So that's kind of at the forefront of my mind right now, uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a bit of a goofy question about cheap whiskey, then we can move on to some of the other bigger stuff with the album or not bigger stuff, but other stuff with the album as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, cheap whiskey goes best with a cheap beer B Doritos, specifically sweet chili heat. <laughs> C, a night in Kensington. Oh shit. Or D, none of these things because it's a stupid list. <laughs> or maybe like wings. What do you, what's your take, Jay? Yeah, I have been trying to be vegetarian for like two years, so can't be wings then. Yeah, yeah, can't be wings. But honestly, in out of that list, love the list by the way. No shade, to, no shade to the list. Thanks so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was honestly the question I was sweating the most. Yeah. So that's that's perfect. Uh, honestly, probably Kensington. I don't like I don't like go party in Kensington that often, but I do love walking to Kensington. And I do oh. do a lot of shopping there. Totally. And uh, so some cheap whiskeys in that like sketchy little park in Kensington. Super yeah. sketchy, terrifying little that. park. <laughs> and you that. can do as many facelifts to that park as you want. I'm still scared of the park. Yeah. Never go like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 like it's character building. Totally. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the album. Then. So Enter the Mirror is the album. Yeah. And this is your third project with as Jay Fieldbender, is that right? It is. I yeah, actually I kind of forgot about that. Uh yeah. So Jay Fieldbender, before that I had a project called Headspace. And that was kind of my like solo music outlet. It was always for me kind of my like lo-fi bedroom, just my thoughts and mm. whenever I could record. And I didn't put too much I didn't want to put too much like thought into the production. I mean I did for myself like creatively producing it but not in terms of like making it be hi-fi like i kind of wanted it to be lo-fi um and that was kind of just like my creative outlet and then eventually when i kind of wanted to, to evolve a little bit i did jay fieldbender um and i did two full albums as jay fieldbender that were still in the same line like of basically me just doing it all myself at home um the main name change like reasoning behind the name change was really just because headspace was like unfindable on google searches because of the app or yeah of the app, oh, yeah. yeah the app yeah it started actually with like a german metal band that had the name and, oh, okay like, they were already doing pretty well and then i just was like oh okay so when you search headspace they would come up first i think even a couple times our music like fused on spotify and stuff and i was like no <laughs> oh no yeah brutal yeah. yeah and then um and then the, the app came out and i'm like i fuck with the app can i swear on this on this podcast oh yeah okay. swear away. Go, for okay. it. go for it yeah so I fuck we're with live the app. in kensington swearing <laughs> yeah. from the park <laughs> yeah. um good app but yeah that definitely took over the search engine uh thing for headspace totally. so yeah at that point then i like across the platforms it was on i made it like headspace in brackets jacob switzer just to like find it um but then i was like okay i gotta change the name on my last headspace album called jacuzzi 23 i had like two songs one called casey fieldbender that was kind of about like becoming someone new and wanting to be someone new and this kind of like name change and then a song called karaoke fieldbender and so those both those name both those titles kind of informed the name jay fieldbender um yeah. and i was like cool that's like that when you search jay fieldbender there is no one else so that made it easy. Um, and yeah, so I have two other projects under the JPM under name. And then I, I actually ended up clearing them off streaming platforms because for this new stuff, which is like my newest um, and the most hi-fi production that I did in studio, uh, I just kind of want to start fresh on, on streaming platforms. It's still on sure. my band camp and it's still like in some kind of more obscure spots online. But yeah, I kind of want to just like new, fresh slate. Yeah, yeah, because there's you got Big Bloom and Haze Eleven, right? Are the two yeah. other projects on Bandcamp there? So, anyone listening, if you really want to get more J Fieldbender, you can still go get that at Bandcamp. Um, yeah, I love that stuff personally. Like, I, I, I always, I would love for people to listen to it. It's just like, yes, I just wanted to start fresh for the new stuff too. Totally. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, starting fresh. So with the album, um, 
me personally, I hear a lot of different sounds on this. I hear like golden age indie, like early 2000s. I hear some of the more like deliberately slow rock music um, of like the 1970s, 1980s as well. Is this like deliberate that you were going for something that was really like diverse in sound or did it just kind of happen that way? Uh, it's like super deliberate. <laughs> um, it does like it is just the way I write music because I, I really listen to a lot of different types of music and I'm so inspired by different types of music. And then I hear something and I'm like, I want to do my take on that. I want to like, do the best that I can to create something in this genre. So it just it is just kind of what I create, but it was also intentional because I find I'm a very like playlisty person. Like I'll listen to a full right. album when it comes out and then I just inevitably pick my like two, three favorite songs and like create playlists with those songs. And sometimes I resent it because like I do also love and I respect people's vision on a whole album, but sure. I just, it's just the kind of listener I am. So I find I want to create like, a, a, an album that has enough variation that people will hopefully want to listen to the whole thing without listening to a couple songs and being like, okay, I get it. And then like wanting to move on. You know what I mean? So yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, no shade to that kind of music. Like, again, I listened to lots of bands that was just like kind of the same type of music all the way through. And that's like totally valid. But at the same time, I also find myself sometimes just like picking and choosing from those albums. Cause I'm just yeah. like, I don't need to hear maybe 15 songs with like the same vibe. You know what I mean? But that's just me. Yeah. For, for the creative process there, would you kind of maybe like listen to like a lot of maybe the playlist and then be like, okay, go do an instrument and pick it up and see what you come up with? Or is it kind of like, okay, like, like maybe listen to a bit of music or maybe it's just silence one day and you pick up whatever you're and you just kind of go for it, would you say? Like in terms of my songwriting process? Sure. Yeah. If, if you uh, want to speak on that. Um, yeah, it really does vary pretty often. Sometimes I'll just start with like a drum sample. And then just see what happens with that. Sometimes I will have like lyrics written and I'm like trying to write something to the lyrics. That was what cheap whiskey was. Like I was literally on a walk drinking cheap whiskey. And I was like, wrote, <laughs> I just wrote those lyrics out. And then when I got home, I was like, how can I get this to work? Because I almost kind of wrote it um, specifically cheap whiskey, like with a bit of rap hip hop influence in mind when I was writing the lyrics out. Mm. And then I knew when I got back, I was like, how can I kind of fit this into my world? that I usually kind of make music in. So it kind of, in my mind, was a bit of a fusion. Um, not like I'm rapping or anything, but you know. Yeah, yeah, it's like right. what, what was influencing you at the time. Yeah. Um, well, you, you talked about drum samples right there. Obviously, Toronto is known for a couple of major like uh, producers that drop their own sample packs. I can think of the count yeah. is, the, the is kind of the big the one. Yeah. Yeah. When you go for a drum sample, is that like where you start? You go to like a, a pack or do you kind of yeah, like rip it the, from other songs you really love or what is it? Uh, the Count. Yeah, man. <laughs> the Count. Eh? Um, his shit's awesome. And so good. Yeah. He, he's kind of I, like he was one of the people I was thinking of when I was thinking about like kind of solo artists blowing up over the pandemic. Um, totally. he, he, yeah, he killed it. I mean, he also had the whole like video visual format that he kind of created his beats in, which was super sick, but he has a bunch of drum, drum packs. Like you were saying, I use those a bunch, especially when I'm demoing cause it just like sounds solid. And I'm like, that inspires me. And then once I write something, then maybe I'll do some variations. But a lot of times since I'm not I, like, I'm not, I don't consider myself a drummer by any means. So usually I'll just take a drum loop, like loop it over and over again, and then just like figure out stuff to that. And then I'll like go back and like change it and add different drums. So like it, the parts change up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely the count. And then I also have like, I share a splice account with my girlfriend and like splice has just like, tons of, yeah. So I'm just yeah. like looking through there all the time too, trying to find drum, drum samples, but yeah, for sure. It's funny. Like I think the, you know, like over the pandemic, the bedroom producer, like just skyrocketed, right. Uh, yeah. in terms of people really doing that and you know, we would be stupid not to mention your girlfriend on the podcast too, Luna Lee. Yeah. She is the also one example. of those. Yeah, totally. One of those Toronto artists that blew up during that pandemic um, and doing some of that uh, kind of like bedroom producing and, and putting it online, mm -hmm. uh, getting people excited about the work. Did you see what kind of like she was doing and people like Count and other people and that really like inspired you to, to go and do that thing or did that not really play a factor at all? Um, I mean, I was always kind of, I wasn't like making the videos and stuff like that, but just like we both, I mean, we both kind of were making music before we met, but we've been together for like seven years, almost eight actually. But wow. so we kind of started doing 
the like home recording stuff a lot together. We again, we both did it separately ahead of time, but when we got together, we were like both just kind of doing that together too. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's always been what we've been up to, but seeing them do the kind of like live video uh, jam production thing is like super cool. I know I can't do that. <laughs> like I'm not like <laughs> I am just simply not uh, multi talented enough of, of an instrumentalist to like create something that would be so in the same vein. So I, I've, sure. I've tried to do things that are kind of in my own way of that. Like a lot of artists are now kind of doing that that format of like totally. yep. edited together live kind of jam video things. So I've done some of that stuff on my Instagram and I because I kind of first and foremost consider myself a songwriter more than like I don't ever if someone's like, are you like a guitarist or whatever? It's like I don't really right. consider myself to be like a guitar player. I just like I'm a songwriter. So um, for my sort of thing, I just like write songs and it basically just will post like a minute long, like quick song I thought of that day versus it being kind of like a instrumental pr production thing. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Cool. In terms of the recording process, Jay, you mentioned, of course, uh, with your brother-in-law, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've seen um, the uh, the Beatles documentary, the Get Back doc, where it's like where they're trying to design the album, and they basically lock themselves in a studio. And um, I can't personally, I can't imagine kind of like there's a point where you get really burnt out. It's like we, maybe we should break and get some air. Right. How was the? But I remember reading something where you guys would essentially wake up, go to work, and record for how much long? Um, how was that process for you? Did you really enjoy it? Would you want to do it again? Yeah, that's like my ideal, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I always have trouble like creating something and then coming back to it. Like the, I always like to just kind of get stuff done. So I mean, I will like I've done that plenty of times. But I, the ideal thing for me is almost just like slamming it out, moving yeah. on. And then we can like we like obviously we'd go back and add parts to the songs, but we basically would like sit down, get like eighty percent of a song done and then like move on and just get a bunch of tracks out and then kind of revisit them and just like add the things we wanted to and then obviously the mixing and stuff like that but yeah that's like my favorite way to do it honestly and i was like sleeping over there it was literally just like do it go to sleep wake up <laughs> start recording again we'd have like also since we're like close obviously we just like had lunch breaks or we just like watch some tv for a bit and like right make some food and so it was super chill and i would definitely do it again yeah well you come from like a super artistic family right so yeah. Um, I mean, mention the brother, but, uh, any other like major in within specifically your family inspirations or people who really push you along? Totally. Also, I'll just mention about Brayden, who's my brother-in-law mm -hmm. who yeah, runs Marquee Sound. The connection also is that he actually was like him and Cole went to high school together and, uh, cool. they, so they were like, he was involved in some of Cole's sample packs. Very cool. How I know we all, we all went to the same high school, but they were older than me. Um, Cole being the count for people yeah, who, the count. yeah, yeah. yeah. So they uh, made some of those things together. So that's how I know him. And then obviously Hannah kind of got in touch with them. And then Hannah knows Braden through me. And so Braden also produced Luna Lee's album. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so like it's the all most, kind of, like duality. Was, yeah. Duality. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's all kind of like in the family. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, definitely, definitely. And the Toronto scene just gets smaller and smaller as you kind of like meet people, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my mom is a filmmaker who like kind of an indie filmmaker who from you know Canada who basically shot and no she didn't shoot it but she directed my big game video which was the latest single before the the EP came out right. and my dad is a producer um and musician who played in a bunch of bands when I was growing up I would like go on kind of festival tours with him and uh yeah so definitely super like artistic household and that was like obviously inspiring growing up Totally. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned big game, so we should bring it up here, but big game, huge moment last night, hockey night in Canada. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, Hell big yeah. game gets played, uh, during the broadcast, uh, big game being the song, not the actual game itself, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it works. It works. It's yeah. a, a perfect marriage. Um, but what, what's that like? I mean, how many ever TVs that must've been heard on across the country? Like, how does that feel? Was that a surreal moment? Yeah, I didn't see it. Um, but it seems it was surreal to hear about it. And yeah. also it kind of made sense to me because I didn't think about it when I was making the song, but as soon as we finished it, I was like, it's totally like a kind of like, I always envisioned it in like an action sequence, especially yeah. to break down the like, kind of like instrumental chorus. I was like, oh, this would be perfect for like a chase scene or sports. <laughs> I mean, the title of it's big game. So when I heard that, I was like, oh yeah. And I, I don't know what part they use, but I'm assuming it's the like 
it's the instrumental breakdown. So totally. I just feel like that's perfect for that. So yeah, for me, I was like, damn, nice. I'm glad that someone like kind of heard that and was like, yeah, thought the same thing I was. Um, and yeah, it's super cool. I mean, I grew up watching hockey with my dad and stuff like that. So to have right. my music on it is just like kind of surreal for sure. Um, yeah, super cool. I yeah, can see a lot sure. of skateboarders using big game. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can see a lot of like montages with skateboarders. I'm like, yeah, this, this slaps. This is good. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. Uh, you, I, gotta, I gotta reach out to some skateboarders. You know what I mean? Just be like, yeah. come on. Oh, dude, totally. Yeah, fuck yeah. the Leafs. Yeah. 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 Skateboarders. <laughs> Get some damn skateboarders up yeah. in here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, so you, you mentioned uh, how your mom plays a big part in your uh, music videos, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you want to kind of uh, investigate for yourself? Like, do you want to do like scores for a film or do you want to kind of express some of that visual art as well? Or is that something that you've never really had an interest in or, or maybe yeah, getting I mean, into it now? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny because that was like, that's what I've always been interested in growing up probably because my parents did that, but like film and music were both kind of my main outlets. I was an actor for a long time growing up. Um, and then I, I made a film like with my friend in grade eight and, uh, I was kind of into film before music actually really. Um, and then for goodbye Honolulu, we kind of always like, we have our close friends who we work with for a lot of the videos and they were like the directors, but we all kind of like, we're always very heavily involved with all the goodbye Honolulu videos too. Mm. Um, and the, the, uh, you got it video I directed with, with Emmett from the band as well. And so, yeah, we've always kind of like been super interested in definitely the visual aspect of like what you release. It's so important nowadays, especially with music to have like an accompany, accompanying visual or just like at least an idea of what you want the visuals to be. And like basically an aesthetic is super important. I think now like a brand. Yeah. 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 So definitely involved in that and definitely like always thinking about that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Do you have like an, an original soundtrack or, or like the score of a film or something like that, that you really like find super inspiring or, uh, mm -hmm, yeah. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, not like off the top of my head, honestly, but what was I? Oh, um, what TV show was it? Like, I think destroyer that band destroyer is a Canadian band mm. did like, I'm not sure if they did the whole soundtrack. It was a Netflix TV show. I think it was 13 reasons why maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. And I don't know if maybe he did, if he did the whole soundtrack or if there was just like this very iconic song that he did that was maybe like the like outro to the, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember hearing that and I was like, this is just so like anyone who heard that, I bet, I bet tons of people looked up what song that was. Totally. And like, when I went to the Spotify, it was like, that was the top song. I'm sure because people were like, this is just so iconic in this moment. So I feel like for me, sync just feels so important. Like, first of all, music, makes films a lot of the time or another good example is the batman right. have, you seen the, have you seen the new batman totally i was, I, I was I just about yet. to say oh, dude, I was right. just I about to yet. say yeah, like how much audio can make a scene can make yeah. a, a film even yeah and i was on like one of the big spotify playlists looking at uh i think it was like lorem or whatever one of the ones like the hip spotify playlists and something in the way was like like before i saw the batman and it was like fourth on the playlist and i was like why is like nirvana back on this like fucking <laughs> yeah hip yeah. spotify playlist like obviously yeah. it's not like they're you know, unknown by any means, but just totally. like, I was like, oh, interesting that they're here. And then when I saw Batman, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Play center stage for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just funny how much attention that can bring to a song or even like, you know, this, the, the intro song to the OC or friends or any of those things where like, in some ways it can be a bit scary because then that becomes like your song, your only big song. Sure. It's like, it can be a dangerous thing to become a one hit wonder from that kind of thing. But at the same time, there's a lot of money in it. If you kind of like trying to make a living off music, a lot of it comes from the sync sync world. Um, and then also it's just cool if you can really find that good, like appropriate spot for your music. So I'm super interested in like sync. I did a sync licensing course last summer and like, I'm interested in both sides of it. I love finding music. So like, just like listening and finding new music that could go in film is like super cool to me as well as obviously making it. Right. Very cool. Well, and speaking of, I mean, we're all, we're all probably kids of the nineties, right? So the golden age of, of yeah. television theme tracks or exactly. you know, what have you <laughs> i always um, think of the you're not the boss of me now the <laughs> yeah. like iconic yeah class iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah totally totally um so before we uh get into the next track here and we're gonna get into um blonde october in just a sec uh but on big bloom again one of the um 
earlier projects that you have still on your Bandcamp. Um, there's a song with Luna Lee on there. Will we ever get a full Luna Lee, Jay Fieldbender collab record to yeah, yeah, blow yeah. Toronto's mind? <laughs> um, hmm, I mean, I don't have like a team, so no one's told me not to say this, but I guess I'll just say, <laughs> oh, whoa, I'll just say something's coming up. Oh, oh you heard it here first. Servants yeah. on it, guys. This is why you got to tune in. This yeah. is why you got to tune this in. We get the we juicy bits. Yes, yes, indeed. Awesome. And uh, so, and again, I, I, I do just want to kind of touch on uh, something that's really awesome that happened in uh, her life as well and how that um, potentially could be, you could be right on the cusp of something similar. I know that uh, they just went on tour, Luna Lee did, with Japanese Breakfast. Saw a bunch of stuff about how influential Japanese breakfast is to so the good. Luna Lee uh, output. And, and mm -hmm. um, I mean, a bunch of different reasons for that. Is there someone like that for you? Like, is there someone that's like, oh, like in, in this current like uh, touring climate, this would be the person that would just be the perfect situation for me to go on tour with, or have you not really put any thought into that? That's a good question, and I should have an answer for that so that I can like be like pitching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I I've always people want like whenever people ask me like who's your favorite artist of all time, I've always struggled with that because I'm I so quickly shift through who I'm listening to, and there right. are bands that like inspire me and musicians that inspire me, but it tends to be kind of fleeting. And I get very inspired for like kind of shorter periods of time. And then kind of like, it's not like I move on. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that band anymore. It's just like, I don't have like something in my mind. Some people are like, oh, favorite band of all time, easily this band. And yeah. for me, I've never really like had that. Sure. Um, so it's hard to say. And then I've been kind of like speaking earlier about the, the variation of the album and the EP um, for my music. That kind of like, I've been thinking about it recently. And I was like, kind of, kind of getting freaked out because I was like, is it going to be hard to like open for a band because the music is so kind of like different where it won't necessarily fit exactly with a band? You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like for sure, yeah, yeah. There's certain songs where it's like, Oh, this is kind of like a Rocky song. So maybe that could go on like tour with a rock kind of band thing. But then otherwise, but then would this song kind of not fit it? Cause it's like slower and chill and acoustic. And then this other one, that's a bit more like hip hoppy. Like, is that going to be weird for the audience? But you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I think that with, um, I think with, stuff opening up, uh, people are just going to be you know, super hungry to see shows in, in general. Yeah. Um, and you know, we got to get Jay Fieldbender on the stage performing the hits. That's what we need. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Well, why don't we jump into blonde October and then when we come back, uh, we can dive in a little bit more about, uh, the record that you brought with us or with you here for us today. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, a little bit more about enter the mirror. So this is blonde October Jay Fieldbender off of enter the mirror. Let's go. Every day just feels so damaging. Need a bigger suitcase, fit my baggage in. Every day you're always on my mind. Always on my mind. Just vanishing 
Every love's the same, different packaging Every day you're always on my mind Always on my mind You're always on my mind Daddy doing damage Either way I knew you would always manage I guess you'll always be fine You'll always be fine You'll always be fine You're always on my mind I gotta say, um, I saw the PS, forgive me, PlayStation. That's a PlayStation 1 on the cover there, right? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I feel like that's a nod to the 90s, maybe, but... Um, oh, for sure. Hell yeah. Out of interest, um, top games? Top games on the PlayStation 1? Spyro was, oh, hell yeah. like, my OG. I haven't heard that in yeah. a long Dude, time. fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah that wow. was, like, speaking of, like, going on tour with my dad when he was playing, like, folk festivals and stuff when I was a young kid... Back in hotels, remember they used to have like you could rent like game system at hotels and they'd be oh, like, yes. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so they'd have like PS1. And I remember like every so often, every couple hotels, my dad would be like, okay, we can like rent the PS1. For <laughs> and they'd always have yeah. Spyro. So I remember just like with my dad playing Spyro. And yeah, I guess I guess it'd probably be like, the same first four levels every time because you can't, you're not saving the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the demo yeah. version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was definitely like the OG stuff for me. I still got my PS1. I still got a bunch of games for it, actually. But it was funny thinking about the album cover. Uh, my friend who made that um, over in Russia, uh, she North X Carolina, by the way, if anyone wants to check out their art on uh, on Instagram, super cool. Yeah, cool. But yeah, we talked a bit about what we wanted to have on the cover and like definitely the idea behind it. But I think they just thought about the like what items are like oh like video i think they're like i was like i like video games i like comics i like these kind of things right um, yeah, yeah and then uh when i was looking at it after i released it i was like kind of realizing that it actually kind of has a nod to like my older music which was super cool and i kind of only realized afterwards so i might make a post like kind of highlighting that but like the, the playstation for uh for one of the older headspace things i think it was actually on jacuzzi 23 the headspace headspace album i released my final headspace album um all the interludes on that album are like a playstation starting up a gamecube starting up oh and yes. like a playstation 2 kind of like the intro and those like little lights are like circling around oh yeah. the gamecube so, one is hilarious yeah. dude the gamecube one's iconic like, uh, so, so that one for the, yeah. for the gamecube one it actually it's like a interlude and it literally like does the GameCube sound like yeah? And when it like lands, it drops into like a, a synth chord. Oh, oh! So yeah, you guys. I love check it. That I love it. Yeah, where can the people get that? Uh, Dude, it's, on, it's a, actually another. You know, it's on Bandcamp, and it should just be Headspace in okay. Jacob Switzer. Okay, um, gotta get our hands on that. Just that final Jacuzzi Twenty Three is on Spotify too, actually. Okay. Um, all the older Headspace stuff is just on Bandcamp, but that one is on Spotify as well. Um, so yeah, the interludes of that, and then the like plastic bag. That's like a convenience store bag. I have an older headspace album called Seeds, and like I'm kind of sitting in front of this convenience store, 
and I got the idea for seeds because there was just this big sign that said like seeds. So yeah. that's where that came from. So that was kind of a callback to that. Mm. And then the smiley face on it, like another Headspace album called Sad Sad Summer has me with this kind of like smiley face turned upside down, which is like the same kind of logo. And then this the, the, the picture she used or that they used for me sitting on that stool and like the, the way I'm sitting is from a picture that someone took during the Haze 11 um, Dancing Under the Blue Light video. So it just was like all the little pieces from it that I hadn't even thought of ahead of time, but all those pieces were kind of like from older music of mine. So I was like, this is just full circle. So I was kind of stoked on that. Yeah. So do you give any direction on that or is that just something that was done? Like, yeah, we were going back and by... forth about okay. just like what the idea of it was going to be. And I, I think they had another piece of art that they had done where it was like, I think it was like two people kind of making out on this like desert like kind of planet empty planet and i was mm. like oh i really like that kind of like space empty planet i think it was more of like a wasteland in that in that one right. um and i was like i love that kind of like desolate vibe especially for this album which was all like about kind of the pandemic and all that stuff um so i think we kind of like went back and forth on that and then i was talking about like having a couple of things on the planet right. and i think i think we just kind of agreed on like oh yeah like video games and comics and like this plastic bag i think had appeared in a few of their other artworks and then uh yeah one of my favorite details is also like and this was just them doing it but like there's like a few tears on my eye they're like floating mm. of, like, in space. oh yeah yeah Very cool. and that little detail i was like super i like thought that was super cool so yeah yeah that's sweet so we got your favorite video game from that era do you have like yeah. a favorite comic that really uh set you set you mm. off when you started i used to subscribe to this magazine when i was a kid called shonen jump mm. and it's like a manga compilation comic that like would they it's like serialized in japan i don't know how i even heard about that when i was a kid but they would like i would get it mailed to my house every month and so that was like my og shit when i was like <laughs> yeah. in grade school it had yeah. like naruto and like dragon ball z and just all that kind of like classic all the classic stuff yeah 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 um so that was kind of what i was i mean i also just read the like you know the like spider-mans and batmans and stuff but like that was yeah. kind of what at that point i was like this is awesome <laughs> yeah. are you still a comic book person like you still go and grab yeah, you still read yeah, yeah oh yeah for sure yeah 100 yeah i'm like yeah. very caught up on all things comics <laughs> <laughs> there you go awesome well uh what i want to do is uh give you an opportunity to go a little bit into the album that you brought for us mm -hmm. so for people who do not know uh this next segment is called spicy staple what it's all about is talking about albums that are important to us. Now, usually when it's Hunter or myself or Jake, we bring an album to the forefront that we think really deserves uh, some attention and you know has been has been around for a while. But you actually brought one that is relatively new. You got Dijon here with mm -hmm. Absolutely. I yeah. believe this was released just last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Dijon from LA. What do you want to say about Dijon and uh, why is it such a, a big one for you? I would say definitely my favorite album of 2021. Um, I did like kind of a little breakdown end of the year, my, my top 10 albums of 2021. And that was just like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, it's gotta be absolutely. Um, it just like feels kind of in some senses, like the perfect album to me, kind of like I was saying earlier about like mm -hmm. fi finding inspiration from people. And it tends to kind of like shift fairly quickly. This one was definitely my like infatuation right now. Um, and I don't think it'll change anytime soon. I mean, I've been listening to like talk down specifically that track, like, pretty much every single day. Right. <laughs> such, yeah. a, such a banger. Um, but it just has, it's so, it has one of the best kind of like displays of heartbreak that I've heard lately. So much music is about like love and heartbreak. And I don't know what, ex like exactly what Dijon is talking about in this album, but you can feel right. the emotion behind it. Totally. And it definitely feels like a heartbreak album. Um, and like, it's just done in such a, powerful way some of the lyrics i'm just like it's just like so raw i think that'd be a good way to describe it just it's just like raw it's raw as hell it also goes across like a bunch of different not like genres like it still fits in the same kind of world but like the dress is like just an r&b like hit totally banger. and then like it goes like many times is kind of just like this raw like almost kind of spoken word like rappy kind of thing over yeah. just a high beat um, and then talk down is super cool. Uh, and then rodeo clown is just like one of the, like just the most heartbreaking songs. It's so yeah. good. I'll just put that on and be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like super good. And then, um, yeah. So just like all across, it just feels like kind of a, a perfect album. And also, uh, I, 
McGee, who's like another really cool artist, helped produce a bunch of the songs mm. with Dijon. Um, and his music is super cool. And the thing that really brought me into this album was the live session they did. And it was basically, they made, it's just called the absolutely like film. I think it's on YouTube now. It was yeah. there for a bit and they pulled it down and they put it back up. And um, it's like a 22 minute or something, just like live session of like maybe four or five of the songs that they play in this kind of like room. And then it turns out it's like a set and it's just this like, set of a room like on a film studio set mm. I, I imagine and it's just like so raw and so good it feels like they just like were in a room drinking and playing this ep or album or five songs or whatever and just like doing it over and over again his voice gets super raw the emotion gets wild and it's just like seeing that i was like just blown away by it and then listening to the album it was just like a treat after that totally yeah i yeah. think you, you get notes of with Dijon, especially on this album, you get notes of like Frank Ocean a little yeah. bit. You get notes of like Daniel Caesar almost yeah. a little bit as well. And it's what you're saying, like uh, with the R&B influence, definitely you hear that. Um, but like Frank Ocean, like Daniel Caesar, there's the kind of wandering into other genres. Mm -hmm. And I say wandering because it's like, uh, it kind of like seeps out, if that makes sense, like yeah. from song to song. It's not... Um, it's not a stark. It's not like one song is just this one song is just that it kind of bleeds in together. Um, and I kind of feel the same way a little bit about enter the mirror, right? Where you can see the transitions, even a bridge or something like that kind of take you into a new place. Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's just for a split second, even if it's just for a couple moments. Um, and yeah, I wonder, is that something that, you know, is, uh, maybe not, necessarily deliberate but something that you have noticed about your own work and about work that you admire yeah yeah well first of all i appreciate that thank you and um yeah i mean frank ocean also is like a huge inspiration to me uh i would say blonde is one of like my favorite albums of all time sure um which is not like a unique opinion but it's just like completely valid like it's like anyone who says that i'm just like yeah true yep <laughs> like you can't really like, yep. yeah <laughs> Like, I feel like most albums that people are like, best album of all time, it's like, you're, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, come on. But like, Blonde is like pretty much universally accepted. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, though, because yeah. it didn't start that way, right? True. Like, the first the first week of that release, I remember people being like, ah, this isn't Channel Orange 2. Like, what's going True. on here? Um, but I 100% I agree with you. I think that people now see that album as super influential to where music's gone yeah like such a key piece of uh of frank ocean's career obviously um but other people's careers as well there was That's a lot a of point yeah yeah go ahead go ahead yeah because people at first were just like this is like weird like this isn't what we expected and like yeah. what it's not like immediately catchy as soon as you kind of like get into it it's like oh it was really really catchy and the songs that like people know all the words to obviously sure but yeah when you when i first heard it too i was like night stood out to me but then a lot of other songs that kind of took me a while to get into and now it's like front to back but yeah that's a good point and then now i hear so many artists where i'm like oh this is inspired by frank ocean and there's nothing wrong with that it's just like totally. makes sense but there's things where i'm like oh this is like you were listening to frank ocean and you're like i want to make it that <laughs> Which is really i mean blonde october is called blonde october because i was listening to blonde and uh oh man and it was October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. And a bit um, more. There's a bit more involved there too. But but like yeah, like that definitely Frank Ocean is the is the shit too. Well, yeah. I remember the exposure for that album. I remember is it is it nice the one my memory escapes me, but it was like that beat switch halfway yeah. through one of a song. And there's like a million compilations of people going like, Oh, what's this now? And that was my yeah, exposure. Yeah. Then I'm like, Oh, I gotta check this out. So yeah. Yeah. I think that was nights, yeah. I think I, he tends to do that kind of thing. But I think Nights was the big, like, weird kind of like riffage into the slow down. Then it kind of tra transforms into this other, yeah. other song. Yeah. So good. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. I don't know if I answered your question. Basically. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like love that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people realize that like there's no, obviously this has been happening forever, but people kind of fall back in and out. And we as a society fall back in and out of this kind of like structure of songs that it yeah. needs to be. Yeah. And for Frank Ocean, who like was so huge and only got huger after that um to, to have this album that was like quite experimental and like have these kind of weird bridges where like didn't necessarily at all follow a structure of a song that you think would be like on the radio or like universally loved um was uh, yeah like just was groundbreaking 
Um, and also a lot of the songs, like if there was drums in them would just be, have a completely different vibe, but it's like, he made this choice to like pull drums out of songs where you're just like, or I don't know if they're ever, ever there, but like not have drums in songs where you're just like, whoa, this is like a four, four minute song. This like weird ballady thing that could have easily had some like super sick drum loop in it, but just obviously chose to not do that. And I remember like one of the first criticisms that I always heard when I was like first starting making music because I didn't have access to like drums. People always like, dude needs drums. Like can't have music, like you gotta have some drums. Can't sell like totally. guitars and like, so for him to do that and the song still be so catchy <laughs> and so good and like just not have that, I was like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Look at yeah, that. <laughs> I think of, I think of like when you first said like, you know, pull the drums or whatever, think of solo. Yeah. Like exactly. off of Blonde and I, I'm, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's, um, that's an interesting point of, uh, you know, trying to, to obviously challenge yourself as a songwriter, challenge yourself in the studio or whenever you're making a product to um, really push yourself. But the other thing I think that is a part of that, and this is something that I, um, I think Frank Ocean maybe does at just like an elite level that it's hard to even pinpoint another person is just strip down like mm -hmm. completely like isolated sounds and how that can really bring out um, the you know, other areas of the album or the other areas of the project, but it just like fully makes you focus on that singular moment right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Like the, the, the taking away of different things that you expect to be there almost makes you like lean in and listen even closer. You yeah. Know? And to bring it back to Dijon, I feel like that song, that song um, Rodeo Clown is like, I, that kind of thing where I, I kind of felt like I heard a bit of maybe Frank Ocean influence, sure. but, but it was, it's so raw and so pared back that it was almost like in that world, but just like even more so it was yeah. like, like inspired by that. And then being like, but what if we just take away everything <laughs> and it's all about this, just like raw vocal take and like the emotion behind what I'm, what I'm saying, you know? So yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that album super sick. I've been telling everyone about it. And like everyone's like, oh, if anyone ever asks, like, what are you listening to lately? I'm just like, Dijon, absolutely. <laughs> Hell like, yeah. To it. And definitely, if if anyone's listening to this, go watch the uh, the like short film on YouTube too. It's just like super, super cool. Totally. Well, let's get right into it then. So uh, this is The Dress by Dijon, uh, Jay Fieldbender's Spicy Staple. Let's enjoy it. Do you still take a long time to get ready? You used to make too much out of that kind of stuff Then you turn your head around and it kills Cause the dress looks nice on you still And it always will I wait a long time just to see I'm happy to be catching up No, we don't have to patch things up Just turn the lights down Cause the dress looks nice on you still And it always was on She go out and dance like we used to dance She go out in old hands Lovers old hands and I can't tell you who's gonna last well, Maybe that's a question to answer I don't have Maybe that's 
I think uh, it, it's pretty clear. You got to go on tour, Dijon, <laughs> dude. That's, that's the sexy. answer. That's yeah, a sexy that's song the right answer. There. Yeah, yeah oh. that's a hot. That's a hot song, dude. Um, I would love to. You know what? Yeah, that could kind of work, honestly. Like, cause he got the sexy songs, and he got some like kind of more upbeat shit too. Uh, that would be that would be gnarly. <laughs> okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna Manifesting do. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're doing a, a serve and Sonic presents. Uh, in the creepy, scary uh, park in, in Kensington. Park. Yep. <laughs> Jay Fieldbender and Dijon. Love it. Love it. I'd go. Yeah. yeah done. 100%. <laughs> um, Who I'm says no? Who says no? May, yeah. Yeah. No one says no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just like, after after his show in Toronto, we'll just be like, yo, we know this park. Yeah. You are going to love it. Yeah. You're going to love this. You are going to love this place. Hand oh. like an acoustic guitar and just like, be like let's go. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. Got some cheap yeah. whiskey over here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We're just gonna give the whole experience, the Jay Fieldbender experience for Dijon here in Toronto. I think I think we're onto something. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, very very dope. Love that track. Uh, great album. Again, go check that out as well. Uh, that is Dijon's absolutely released. I think November. I want to say. Yeah, I, damn. That sound right? Know, but yeah, but it was like think, fairly later, late in the. Yeah, I think it was late last year. Late I want to say November. Yeah. yeah, but anyways, released last year. Awesome. You can definitely hear some of the influence in, in your work in there as well, and, and definitely uh, some of the notes in there. Um, but awesome. Thank you so much for bringing that to us yeah, and to the right. listeners and, and to the people who are uh, who are hungry to get more new cool music. So yeah, my spicy uh, staple. The spicy staple, the spiciest of yeah. staples, like a sweet so, chili heat Dorito, you may yeah, say. There you go. Very yeah. much so. And uh, Jay, on on the first spicy staples, we usually give ratings. For, is this a ten for you? It's a straight ten. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'll go straight ten. Yeah. yeah. Easy. There's no like, easy ten. Yeah, there's no like issues that I see with it. So. <laughs> we have we have literally no problem giving yeah. out tens on the show. No. We, oh yeah, we give a we're handing out that. tens. Ten like for that. you. Ten for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm with that yeah. too. Honestly, like, fuck, fuck, like, raining on people's parade. You know what I mean? Like, Exa yeah, exactly. Like people judging. I don't know. Yeah, I don't feel yeah. equipped to judge art. Yeah. it's yeah. like, what do I say about you? Know? Literally, I'm yeah. like, you made that. So uh, yeah, 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 sure. yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. The other thing too is I'm really easily like convinced that I'm just wrong. You know, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like if if I'm like that, yeah, like that's that's a good album. That's an eight out of ten for me. And Hunter's like, uh, well, it's a ten for me. I'm like, me too. It's yeah. a ten. You yeah, yeah, yeah. After uh, you said it out loud, I think well, I, I'm I like, think it's a ten. And totally. like going off Lee's point, I'm like, who am I to say anything? Yeah, who am yeah. I to like yeah. judge their music of something like vulnerable that they yeah, created. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So, I'm always on the same. I'm like, I'm like that too, 100. percent Well, actually, <laughs> uh, Jay, I was curious, what's been the the reception uh, for your music? Have, have people come and talk to you about it, or is it still relatively new? Yeah, I mean, it's very fresh, but I it was awesome just like hearing people's. It's I, I, this music as well. I'd also been sitting on for like almost two years now, I guess, because we recorded wow. it within yeah. the first little bit of the pandemic in the first like few months. I guess it was like I think we started recording in like May, March. Yeah, so like the first like th three months of the pandemic, we started recording it. So yeah, I've been sitting on it for quite a while. Um, I just wanted to kind of release it in the in a way I felt was like appropriate and that it could get hopefully some attention. So it's been great. And it's it just felt like kind of the biggest thing was just like finally having it out in the world. You know what I mean? It's such a yeah, totally. such a, like a singles game right now, like re releasing singles that it just feels like so long to release the music you want to release. And like so many times I'd be like, should I just like just drop this? But then right. I'd be like, nah, I got to play the game. Right. I yeah. think. I, I would love to reach a point where I don't have to play the game, but like when you're kind of at the level that I am, I think it, it is important to kind of like build not the hype. Over, yeah. Not like overstep, yeah. not like overstep yourself and be like, but I'm an artist and like, I can, I can do whatever I want. And it's like, you can, yeah. 
but maybe no one will hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. enough. So, Is that yeah. like hard though? Like, you know, like sitting on music that like, do, yeah. do you ever get like, do, do you walk away from it once it's released being less excited about it or? Um, yeah, it's always a Or is it just like that rush when you still release it? Yeah, it is a bit of like once it's out, you're kind of like, well, that's it, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then that's when like touring comes yeah. in because then you're like, oh, now I get to play it for people and like get new right. reactions and mm. kind of play it different ways every time you play it live and whatever, right? So that's kind of what brings the longevity to a release. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to release music into the world. And I don't know. I guess that was that was the thing with my my solo music originally was my outlet to basically be like I'm just gonna drop this now. Like there's no repercussions. Sure. Yeah. And it's just it was purely my creative outlet to just like put it out and be like, cool, listen to this if you want. It was kind of just for me to create and like what I want to do with my right. time, and I hope you like it. But now with this new stuff, I'm I do want I do want people to hear it, and I do want it to like get the the respect that I think it deserves. So like, sure. I'm definitely trying to do it properly. Yeah. Well, if, if it's any uh, comfort to you, Servant Sonic is giving it a 10. All right. We're, <laughs> Dude. we're giving it a 10. It's fucking would be, good. That would be yeah. sad good. if after we said that, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could test that no problem. But this yeah. is like an eight for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're we're to it, yeah. Not for you. We're not <laughs> handing out 10s for you, but we're yeah. handing out 10. No, yeah. it's uh, Oh, dude. Yeah. It's a great EP, man, and it really is. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air too, with uh, you know the stuff that we've gone through the last two years here in this music. Um, seeing obviously you get to release this is awesome too. I, I know it's been tough for artists. I am a little disappointed in one thing though. We mentioned Kurt Cobain earlier in the show mm -hmm. with uh, with Nirvana, obviously in the Batman soundtrack. We don't have the Kurt Cobain glasses though that you're so famous for. I'm I'm pretty. I should have. I'm pretty him, bummed, personally. I should have had him right with me to show him off. <laughs> oh, you mean these? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a ten. Exactly. That would have been, yeah. been the move. I had the cheap whiskey with me, but I didn't bring the glass. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> one out of two ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> one out of two. Yeah. One man. out of two ain't bad. Um, well, we'll give you the floor for the last uh, say so on on whatever you want to say about Enter the Mirror or anything else. Uh, what should people know about Jay Fieldbender and where should they go listen? I guess mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, go li well, go listen anywhere you can stream music. It should be everywhere, or my Bandcamp if you want to go there. Um, also, I don't think I've really talked about this. People who like know know, but um, I when I did the session with Braden, we actually did twelve songs. So I have a whole another EP ready to go. There so Enter the Mirror is just step one in the in the uh, two parter. So um, more music coming soon. Nice. When so when can people expect that? This year, later on? Uh yeah, for sure. I'm definitely planning to drop probably the next single. I don't want to wait too long, so I don't put a time limit on it, but probably like within the next few months. Wow, there you go, folks. Right yeah. on. Yeah, very exciting. Well, again, thank you so much for uh joining us for the episode today. It was uh awesome to get to chat with you and um hear about the experiences with Enter the Mirror and We'll have to have you back, and we'll also have to catch that live show that we're definitely yeah, having. Yeah, man. Hope to see you live in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is a pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, taking us out, let's uh, listen to my personal favorite song, and I know Hunter strong affinity for oh, yeah. as well. I guess I'll also say that yes. I appreciate that because I kind of felt like this song specifically was maybe not going to get as much recognition because it couldn't. It wasn't going to be a single, and it's not sure. the last song, so it's not like the outro. Right. So I was a little bit like nervous that people wouldn't hear it because for me, I felt like it was um, one of my favorite songs on the EP too, honestly. So uh, I appreciate you guys saying that, and I think it's great that you chose us as the as the outro. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and without yeah. any further ado, that song is Jenny's Car. Uh, thank you so much for listening, folks, thank and you. watching if you're watching. And uh, we'll be back soon enough. Go find Jay Fieldbender's work anywhere you can stream. And if you want to support even extra hard. Uh, you can go to uh, his band camp as well, Jay Fieldbender. So, thanks so much, folks. We'll catch you next time. Good.